Well, good morning. It's, that's the island. You know, you got to greet them first if, if you're going to do anything. What to say first? Well, I feel the first thing to say is thank you. Thank you for your prayers. A lot of times we don't perhaps know and understand the importance of that. I don't want to say exercise, but that privilege. And I know, I know that people were praying because I sensed it. I sensed it when, we land, when I landed, and I began to sense it even more as each day progressed. It was a busy time. Alan probably said it about right that uh, I got about a year's worth of ministry in two weeks, crammed into a two-week period of time, and that was pretty much it. I landed on... Thursday morning, and Thursday night we had service, and the first thing I, I was asked to do, I was asked to preach, but uh, I thought I'd better recoup a little bit, and so Thursday I, I just played the accordion, played a couple songs for the church service, and uh, <laughs> for those of you that may not know, I bought an accordion just to take down the down to uh, Argentina so I could use it for ministry purposes, but uh, <laughs> that was an amazing thing in and of itself. That's another story. But uh, then Friday, I started off with uh, a marriage couple's retreat, this little retreat, little cook that they have, and so I, I hit the floor running, eating steak right away. And uh, they grill out, and I mean they grill out, and they grill out, and it makes no difference. Uh, they're the, I don't know if the sun ever sets or if it ever rises because they grill out all the time. And so we grilled out, and I had a great time and uh, eating. And uh, believe it or not, I didn't really gain a whole lot of weight while I was there and but it was it was good the fellowship you just have to be there to to get a taste of it in order to to understand how, how warm the people are how happy they were of course a lot of these people I saw and I made friends with last year and so this was just uh, cementing together and bringing back together again old relationships and uh but there's so many people that had a part in that here. Uh, the part in giving, uh, and especially in the prayer part. And for those of you that did pray, uh, I want to thank you. I don't know who you are, and, uh, but I, I will have to say, those prayers did make a big difference because I could sense the Spirit of God, through all the opportunities that just flooded those two weeks of ministry, and, and how the power of prayer definitely uh, was evident because 
I sensed it, and I could tell it. I could tell it in my teaching uh, and countless opportunities to counsel people and talking with people and uh, in fellowship. I mean, when we got together at night, uh, one particular night, uh, it was on Friday night, uh, this last Friday night, not this Friday, but you know, when I was there uh, in Argentina, that, uh, that right after I finished teaching, my normal day was up about six in the morning and having devotions with the students that were there at the church. Uh, then I'd try and lay down and, and rest a little bit, and then I'd, I'd get up and, and make sure that I was organized for the day's uh, teaching activities. I'd teach from two until four uh, in the afternoon, and then I'd have a little bit of time off, and then I'd have teaching again at 7.30 at night until 10, and then after at 10 o'clock, then, then there was usually a, a, a little break there, and then somebody would ask me out to eat because they're a late-night people, so sometimes I wouldn't get back until 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then back up again uh, anywhere between 5.30 to, to 6 and for devotions again, and, and that was every day. Uh, of course, there was also lunchtime when I had somebody invite me out to eat, and I had such a variety of food down there. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a food festival, <laughs> and uh, such a variety. But then whenever you eat, it, it, invariably they'd say, well, now tell us something about the Bible. And they'd want to talk, they'd have questions, and so it was a constant thing. Every day, every day, I mean, just pouring out things from the Word of God. And where prayer comes in and the Holy Spirit comes in is that as you meet these different situations and you have these opportunities to share, how the Lord refreshes your mind with things that you've, you've heard, you've studied, and uh, things that, you know, it's it just like, boy, the, the things that came to mind, uh, it, it definitely wasn't of me. It, it was of, of God and how God moved with the Spirit, you know, to bring the answers forth and to counsel. And uh, that was fascinating. It, it, it's fascinating. It's, it's an experience that I wish more of you would have. And you probably do, uh, but but anyway, that that was a highlight. That was a highlight, and it was endless, endless opportunities. The accordion I took down, I bought off of eBay, and I got it just before, shortly before I left. All accordions are different, and they have a different touch to them, and so I, I was practiced on it a little bit, and, and the keys are different than this one. Uh, when when you play a quality instrument and you you change over to uh, an instrument of lesser quality, uh, you know it. The, the way the keys respond and and uh, the way your fingers fit on the keys. But anyway, uh, that accordion was such a blessing down there because I used it all the time, every service, at least one or two numbers. And then uh, getting a chance to sing with some of the people down there. I'd sing in English, obviously. And then have another person that would, would sing in Spanish, you know. And I tried to do songs that they were familiar with. Well, 
Nancy and I had discussed the, the matter of the accordion, and we were looking at the opportunity of either leaving it there or selling it. And I thought, well, if I'd sell it, you know, I get my money back, then I can recycle it into another accordion, perhaps, you know, for another venture, whenever the Lord brings one across my path. And the very last Sunday morning, I was scheduled to be in a little church called Grace Baptist Church. And uh, after, after I had played and, and preached, uh, a man came up afterwards and he said, are you interested in selling that accordion? And I said, well, yes. And uh, I told him the, the price that I paid for it. I said, that's all I'm asking. It was like 300 U.S. And he said, uh, and that came out to 4,500 pesos. And he said, well, we'd like to buy it for the church. I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll leave it with John Owens, and, and he'll make the arrangements. You can make arrangements through him. And, and uh, <laughs> that Sunday night, uh, he came to the church about 11 o'clock at night, and we're still fellowshipping, saying goodbyes and all that stuff. And he was there about 11, 11.30 at night, uh, cash in hand. <laughs> and that blew me away because I didn't think, you know, yeah, you know, the transaction is going to take place, but I didn't think immediately. And so I took the accordion down there. I gave him the accordion, got the cash. I gave the cash to John. I said, here, use it for the seminary. And uh, he said, you know, there, there's families that, uh, that struggle here. And he said that there are some that, that can't pay, that, that have dropped out of the seminary training because they couldn't afford to pay uh, the little bit that they did pay uh, in order to go. I said, well, use the money towards that. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to, to give. And you all made it possible. It was through this church and others that, that it was all made possible. And I realize what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Who is Paul and who is Apollos? We're but servants. We're ministers. That's all we are. And so I was blessed by having the opportunity to be there because of you and the support through prayers and, and a variety of things. You know, it's, it's the Lord's work. And, and I've honestly, I, I've learned this lesson. We, we've, we, I heard it for years, but, you know, there's a difference between a head knowledge and a heart knowledge. And, and the truth of the matter is, in the heart, the only work that, that can be done is, is God's work, and it has to be done by God. It can't be done by man. So that's where the power and the leadership of the Holy Spirit comes in. But we labor together. Now, now we labor together as the body of Christ, but we also labor together with God. And that, those thoughts, those words, they, they've, they've taken on a richer meaning in my life than ever before. 
to realize that it's, 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 it's not our super abilities and our talents because God does not need our abilities and our talents. He'll use them, but he doesn't need them. What he needs is a vessel. He, he, he looks for vessels that have a right heart. Now, I, I, taught, I taught a class on biblical counseling. And it just ended up, the focal point of the class focused around two things in, in particular. Number one, our makeup of spirit, soul, and body. And I taught them that truth, that, that three-part makeup of man. And, and that's God's design, that's God's order. That, I mean, from God down, it starts with the spirit, then it's the soul, then it's, then it's the body. Well, we're at the body end, so we start at the bottom and we work up in order to have connection with God. And when our spirits are born again so that we can communicate with God, then life changes. Now God can feed us. And, and, and with biblical counseling, my, my, my uh, point of attack was not so much counseling other people, but how God counsels us first. And then what God is doing in our lives, that is what qualifies us to counsel other people. Because if there's no changing going on here, then how can you help other people change? You can't. So the order. And so I, I dealt with that spirit, soul, and body and the importance of that. And then also the biblical heart. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever studied the biblical heart. But our Bible heart, by definition, comes from uh, Genesis chapter 6 and, and chapter 8, where the first three mentions of the heart appear in Scripture. And it deals with our thinking, our emotions, and our will. And uh, that order is God's order. And I shared that with them. And, and all the way through those two weeks, as I was teaching them different facets of biblical counseling, I kept bringing those things up every day, every day, because that is really where all of our lives consist. Our physical makeup between our, our spirit, soul, and body, and then our biblical heart, which connects us, which is that connector with God uh, in our thinking, emotions, and will. And so w when all is said and done, we should be thinking like Christ thinks. We should have a passion for the things that, that, that Christ has a passion for, the things of God. And we should make decisions in our lives based upon those passions and upon the right thinking uh, in accordance with the Word of God. And so all of that just came together and it was amazing how well it was received. And I guess the proof of the pudding always is, you know, I had to have an interpreter. And with the interpreter, you never know how accurately 
that person's going to interpret, and you never know how accurately the people are going to understand. So it's, it's, it's out of my hands. Again, it, it's, it, it leaves that door open. The Holy Spirit of God has to be involved, not just in, in what I say, but, but also in the interpreter. And John did something a little different this year. He, he decided he was going to use different interpreters, so I had about four different interpreters, and uh, no, more like five. And each one is different, and each one thinks a little different, and, and chooses terms of a little difference. So how do you know? You know, if the students, if those attending are, are really absorbing and getting, getting to know or getting to grasp what you're after, well, obviously you have to give an exam. Well, when I gave an exam, I was amazed at how all the students, whether it was the morning classes or, or the afternoon classes or evening classes, how they got the material. And at least they could parrot it back to me, which let me know that, the, the teaching that was being done and, and the information being given was, was being registered. But I really challenged those that were there in this matter of uh, knowing God. And I brought this out too. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. Therefore, we can walk with God. And that's a personal walk. And the same thing is true for you and for me. We can walk with God. The logical question is, well, is God waiting on me or is he walking with me? Am I walking with him? And what an awesome thought that we can walk with God. Not just study the book and know about him, but I mean... We can have a personal relationship with him. And, and that was something I, I endeavored to drive home uh, to the students as well. Opportunities for counsel. I had a young man, his name was Pablo. Pablo just turned 21 just before I left. He'd never done translation work before. I mean, he, he was good with his English and... Uh, our, we went to, to lunch, Sunday lunch, the first Sunday I was there, and there was a couple that was there, husband and wife, and they were having marital problems. And lo and behold, we had to share, we had to do counsel. He had his eyes open to some things in that counseling session <laughs> that that he wasn't, I, I wouldn't say he wasn't prepared for, but, uh, but, but really caught him off guard because, I mean, there was sexual things that were discussed, and here we are sitting at a kitchen table uh, after we've eaten and giving this counsel. And uh, I talked with Pablo afterwards, and I said, uh, kind of a shock to you, a little surprise. He said, yeah, that was a big eye-opener. <laughs> but he handled it well. He handled it well. And I was just thrilled that, you know, I could share 
with this couple that which God desires out of them. And that was a blessing. That was a blessing. Then there's another man, uh, Armando. And I remember his name because of Armando's restaurant here. And his name is Armando. And I'll, I'll put some pictures together and we'll give you a little visual of this thing. Armando is about this tall. And he's about this wide. Used to be a bouncer uh, involved in drink and drugs and women. <coughs> Got saved, left that all behind. And he became my friend. A very close friend. Because he, he had an affair before he got married. Then he got married. He has children. And the lady that he had an affair with, all of a sudden she pops up, creates another problem, you know. So now his present wife and him, you know, they, they, they got problems back and forth. And, and he just come and said, you know, Pastor, everybody calls you pastor there. He said, Pastor, what, what, what can I do? What can I do? Well, I've been in, Nancy and I have been in impossible situations. And you, and you will be too, if you haven't already. And uh, if you have, more will probably be coming your way. Where no matter what you say, no matter what you do, it will never be enough. You cannot fix the situation at hand. And I, and I told him that. I said, well, you, you can't fix this. And what it boils down to is you've got to learn to take this step and give it to God and let God fix it because he's the only one that can. And so that's what I told Armando. I said, you've you got to let God fix this. You cannot fix it. Don't try to, don't force, don't try to force your wife to do anything. I said, you just be the best husband you can be before God and walk before God and let God fix it. And I believe he will. I believe he will. Then another couple, kind of young couple, I guess they're in their early 30s. Met with them one day for lunch, and they've been married about five years now, and they're not able to have children, and uh, which is a concern for them. And they've talked with the doctors and that, and, you know, they, they have the intravenal, uh, you know, thing, you know, where you can have a, a, an egg from uh, another donor planted in you, and then you can go through the cycle and that. She said, but... She said, you know, I, I would always know and sense that, that this child wasn't totally mine. So what do you do? Said the same thing to them. It's an impossible situation. There's nothing man can do other than, you know, cut his corners and, and, and try and bring something to happen. But, but she's not able to produce, I guess, enough ovaries to, to have children. So what do you do? Well, the only thing you can do is take them to the Lord and commit it to the Lord. 
And we prayed, and I asked the Lord to intervene. And I'm looking forward to seeing a baby next year. Why? Because that's a small thing. That's not a problem for God. And a lot of times, I think we, we look at our problems and think that they're, they're too big for us and we think they're too big for God. But we don't really know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. He can do that. Ah, I know we know it here. We've heard it before, you know. And they're trite. They might just be trite words. But when you get into those situations and you commit them to the Lord, because your back is against the wall, you have no other option. You have no other op- no other way to get an answer. God is there. And I tried to share that with, with the people and in the messages. And it's just, it's a blessed time. It was a blessed time not only to be able to be there to, uh, to share what God would put on my mind and my heart at the moment that I needed it. That, that's an awesome experience. But then I remi- I'm reminded, you know, that there are people there with problems, severe problems just like us. Our problems are a little different. We get pushed and pulled by the world and the flesh and the devil. And uh, how do we deal with those? You have your own struggles, your personal struggles. But those are the opportunities that God is using to change our lives, to build our faith. Wait a minute, we can trust God. And it has to come through a hard time in our life because the easy times don't create a lot of faith. It's the hard times that are going to change your life. It's those, it's those hard, impossible situations that God is going to use to let you know how powerful he is. And you learn, as Scripture says, you learn to enjoy the peace that passeth all understanding because you rest in God. And boy, we have to learn that. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come easy. We have to learn it. And that's one of the things that I've been gathering more and more, the experiences of life on how I'm learning to trust God for the harder things, the greater things, and, and the impossible things. And like I... I shared with the students, I said, you know, these are things I have learned over the years, and I'm continuing to learn, 
in a greater way how God works. But I said, you know, I can't learn them for you. These are things you're going to have to learn for yourself. And that's exactly it. We have to learn how to deal with God through our life situations, our own personal. This is between you and God. (laughs) I'm just sharing with you a testimony of perhaps of what God has done for me. And that's really what Paul did. I think Paul shared his testimony more with other people, especially lost people, to let them know how. God stepped into his life. How Christ became not a word, not a name of hatred, but became the name of love, the name of hope in his return. So many things I'd like to share with you, but uh, more will come as time goes on, I'm sure. It's uh, just like the Lord can't keep my mouth shut anymore. <laughs> I like to talk about it because it's, it's, it, it was such a unique experience. Uh, busy all the time. But what a blessing. I, I stayed there at the church, and the accommodations are a lot better than what they were before, Al. I mean, they've done some serious work there and continue to do so. They're... they're uh, finishing off some dorm rooms for, for some of the ladies, and uh, that's a big big improvement over what they've had before. And they, they redid the men's section. There's no longer this rickety stairwell that goes up uh, through another room and made out of wood that uh, you take faith to walk up those stairs just by themselves. But now they got metal stairs on the outside that go up, and they've they've just boxed in the rooms. You know things that that, that we think you know that's no big deal. Well, it was when you saw the old the old the old pictures and that. Uh, so the things are improving, and new students have come, and uh, but the lives that have been touched. They look, they look at people just like we often do. We look at people as, well, that's a great person for the Lord. And man, they got a vibrant testimony and all this stuff. And so the focus becomes more on the person, I am afraid, than it does on the Lord. And so the students and others were saying, you know, how happy they were that I came and, and you know, to be able to share. And it, it was so good. And But I tried to keep the Lord in view because it, that was of the Lord. That, that was, this is a trip God put together. And this was an opportunity that, that God had me there. And it wasn't about me. It, it had to be about Him. And I think oftentimes we, we get our eyes on, on, the, on the horizontal and we forget to keep our eyes on the vertical. It's not about me, it's about he. Then it's not about me, it's about we, together. And so, uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity of being able to 
to represent you, to go uh, in the power of the Spirit of God because of your prayers. And uh, it wasn't just me there. I think in a very real way it was us there and ministering together. And it's all about God because God is the one that can change life. He's the one that gives us the gift of eternal life. He's the one that gives us the power to be able to, and the ability to be able to serve him. Uh, in the Gospel of John, just a few thoughts that I wanted to share. Uh, verse 23, Gospel of John, chapter 12. Verse 23 starts off, Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. And Jerry, you touched on this <laughs> different portion of Scripture this morning. He that love, loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life uh, in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. It's all about life. It's all about life. <laughs> and that's what God gives us. God is the dispenser of life. Verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. I like that. I want to be his servant wherever he is, wherever he opens up doors of opportunity to serve him. And I like that. And so it's, it's, they're not just words on a page. Where he is, his servant will be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And I just was thinking of those words. God will honor, but his servant is to be where he is. And that's where I want to be, wherever he is. Of course, we know he's everywhere. Now, I can't be everywhere. <laughs> that's not quite my characteristic. That's not yours either. But when you see ourselves, when we see ourselves as the servants of God, then wherever he is, which is everywhere, we're exactly where we need to be because we're a servant. Therefore, wherever we are and he is, then we can minister. We can serve him. And, and that's not just for a pastor. That's not just for myself or for Jerry or, or for other individuals. That's, for, that's true for all of us. But you have to see yourself as a servant of God first. And I think then you have to have a heart that qualifies you to be a servant of God. David, you remember King David. The thing about him that stood out in God's mind and on God's lips 
is that he had a heart for the things of God. And that right there, I think, pretty much sums up what we need to be, uh, how our focus needs to be on the things of God. I want to be focused on those things that are important to him. The other things, I've done pretty good. I mean, God's taken care of me. I've got clothes on my back, got food on the table, got a car to drive. and I'm content with that. But what I'm not content with is serving him. I, I want more. I'm learning the weight on that. <laughs> but uh, just to share those thoughts with you. If any man serve me, let him follow me. To serve him, you have to follow him. We have to keep our focus right. And that's what I want for the people down there, that their focus is right. The couple that can't have a child, I said it's beyond me. I can't do anything for you other than pray. And where two or more are gathered in his name and we're in agreement, he will hear and he will answer. And I'm expecting an answer. And then for the ones that have marriage problems, all we can do is commit them to the Lord. Give them counsel. What God wants, what God is looking for, what God expects. Armando, he'd come back, he'd say, Pastor, what should I do? What should I do? I the only thing you can do is be the best husband you can. And God will work it. God, you live before God in a way that will honor Him, and God will then honor you, and He'll work in your life. Because, see, Armando's wife has a hard heart <coughs> towards allowing him to be the husband. She feels that he's still cheating on her. And he says, I have no desire for that. And I had a privilege of being over there, uh, talking with her some. Don't know what went in the ears. I know what went in her ears, but I don't know what went into the heart. That's God's, that, that's God's direction, his line of work. So there's just a, a variety of other stories that, that I'd like to share with you, but time will not permit, and I don't think we need to right now. But, but uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. Uh, I'm going to have to get together with Mark, and he's going to, in his busy schedule, I, I hope he'll help me put together some pictures and that, that we'll have a little uh, visual that you can see some of the things that, that I had an opportunity to partake in and, and enjoy while I was there in Argentina. And uh, I'd shared some things, personal things about Nancy and I and how that we got a king-size bed that, you know, that, that really works well for us. But there is a center point where the two shall meet. And uh, one came up afterwards and, and said, uh, you come back again. He said, I got a king-size bed at the house. <laughs> And then uh, another guy, he and his family, uh, Pablo's one of the 
one of the kids in the family. Uh, his dad does does a sound system. They got they got this sound system in a, in a box that hangs on the wall in the back of the building on the side of the building, and he hung onto that. And 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 he and the family are from Chile, and uh, but they're such a delight. The whole family, all the kids, are just unique and and and, and a blessing uh, spiritually. And they're all naturally talented. They don't take music lessons. They just, it just flows out of them. And they play all sorts of different instruments and that. But uh, he said, we, you come back again. He said, we got a room for you at the house. And I thought, now there's, a, there's a place I'd like to stay. Because they do speak some English, a little bit. Some of them do. But... They have a good testimony. They have a, they have a good demeanor. And I, I could enjoy that. But, you know, I think God's opening up another door of opportunity. And uh, just to get to know the people and to get to know them better and to build a relationship. And to realize that the relationship I'm building with these people is going to last throughout eternity. So it's not just a little bit of time here on earth. But, but we all need to grab a hold of, I think, those thoughts and know that we just need to let God have all of ourselves. Don't hold back. <laughs> Anything you hold back, is you'll find out later, it's not worth keeping. <laughs> it's all that you give away. When you give yourself to the Lord, ah, that's the wisest investment that you can make. And again, I just want to say thank you for that opportunity to be your servant there and that we serve together. And it was a blessed time. I'm sorry that you weren't there to, to get the enjoyment of it and also some of the challenges of it. But nevertheless, it was good. It was good. So, Father, we just thank you for all that you've done how you've uh, enabled us to minister for you, to, to open up uh, the word and to give it to others that are in need. And Father, may your word not return to you void. May you accomplish all that you desire it to do in the hearts and the lives of the, the people that heard. And Father, for all those that ministered with me, Along the way, continue to bless them. And Father, just I look forward to an opportunity again to go back and to, to share again some of those things that you've shared with me and taught me through the course of life. Bless those that are here in this church that have made this possible. And Father, for their prayers uh, that unlocked uh, the door of of spiritual power, that your word could go forth. And I trust it's gone forth on good, fertile soil, that it will change lives there as well as here for all of eternity's sake. For it's in the name of Christ that I pray, my Savior and your Son.